0: podcast listeners welcome back to another episode of the core consult rx podcast my name is mike corvino with me as always cole swanson cole what's going on my man
1: i am doing great i think i might have lost some brain cells from the fumes in here though
0: brain cells yeah and that thing never heard of them
1: (laughs) got none of that
0: from uh, the smells you told me from the freshly coated paint on yeah. the studio walls. There's a little uh, painting done in here. It looks great. Hmm, thanks, man. Always improving. That's right. Wait till you guys see the metal that's going to be installed <laughs> the metal. to hold up the uh, studio lighting. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's coming. Wife is really excited about <laughs> that move. <laughs> thanks, Amazon. Thank you, Amazon. Shout out. It's going to be cool. So if you're watching the video version, stay tuned for that You'll nonsense. See
1: Eventually. If, if you see any um, lights on the ground, those will soon be
0: suspended. I see them. In the air. Yeah, instead of on the ground, we yeah. can't see them and they're not useful. <laughs> yeah. Except for blinding us. We had to turn them off today because they're literally just putting light right into our eyes. They're
1: very bright. So maybe we're going to have to like wear makeup or something.
0: Mm, maybe you know? not.
1: <laughs> it's a no-go.
0: It's a no-go. So this is a true story, speaking of that. So uh, like two episodes ago, the right before we recorded the episode... I had done a uh, like a super quick thing on TV, like ABC for this uh, opioid addiction um, interview, like a panel that they were doing. Yeah, you can and check it
1: out online. He's famous now, so
0: it's definitely definitely not true. But um, anyways, so I had they forced me to wear makeup for this thing on TV because they like, literally
1: like, held him down and
0: <laughs> they were like, "You have to, because you're gonna look like you have are super ill if you don't have this makeup on." So I was like, "Fine, I'll wear makeup," and so. I was in such a hurry because once we finished, I had to leave straight from there and come home and record because Cole was going to, we were scheduled to record that night. So I, and we, plus we had a guest on and all that. So I had this makeup on my face, didn't look in the mirror, came home, Cole saw me, recorded, we recorded this podcast, all this was over. And then uh, I was telling him about the TV thing, which he had no idea about. And uh, he said, oh, is that why you have makeup on? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I do still have it on my face. And he said, yeah, I noticed I just thought you were trying a new thing. And I was like, (laughs) what? So I was just like a little offended that uh – he just thought that was just my new thing. I was just going to try to start wearing makeup Well, nowhere. I was like,
1: you know, Mike, he wants to look good for the podcast. Yeah, you we never know. We videotape. You know, we have a huge YouTube following, so he just wanted to look good under the lights. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, and, and you know, no offense if you're, you know, like to wear makeup. Good for you. Probably look a lot better than the rest <laughs> of us. But uh, I just feel like that, you know, was rude of him to just to assume that's my new thing. Yeah,
1: Mike's not a makeup-wearing guy. No, <laughs> no, nah,
0: sure. nah, it's not going to, makeup's not going to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. All right. What are we talking about tonight?
1: We are talking about atopic dermatitis. Atopic dermatitis. Doing another derm topic that we're not qualified to talk about. Why not? Uh, I think the last one was acne. I don't know if we've done... Oh, we did psoriasis. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: We did psoriasis. has been like uh, quite a while ago, I think.
1: Yeah. They've both been a while. So we're due. We're due. We hit all the systems and we just kind of rotate, you know? hmm
0: That's all you can really do. Via the dartboard.
1: <laughs> Via the dartboard.
0: Just throw a dart. That's what we're talking about. Yep. Uh,
1: And it's just us tonight. No guests. Just us, no guests. Got no Pete, got no Steve, nothing.
0: Yeah, what the heck? Pete's still not here. I know. Pete's
1: fired. He's not in Germany, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's not in Germany. So you guys hope you enjoyed Pete's one episode because he's fired. (laughs) Hope he's listening.
1: No severance package.
0: None. Nothing. So atopic dermatitis, we're going to kind of go through some brief intro stuff, talk about the pathophys a little bit, and then we will kind of talk about why, you know, why it's important and then some of the treatment options and kind of close with what else is coming on the horizon, I guess.
1: Yep. Uh, And so it's a, it's a chronic pruritic, so itchy, inflammatory skin disease, um, Seemingly of unknown origin. We'll talk about the patho. It's not super clear, but they have some theories Uh, It frequently begins in infancy, uh, but also affects a substantial number of adults Uh, It's it's kind of nonspecific when you're trying to diagnose it Especially because it usually just starts with itchy skin. So you got a kid coming in saying hey my skin itches Uh, And there's a lot of other things that it could be um, like scabies uh, seborrheic dermatitis, contact dermatitis, other things like that, uh, psoriasis, it could be something more serious like a cutaneous T-cell lymphoma. So you got to tease all that out, um, and eventually you may get other symptoms uh, that come along with it, which we'll go through. Um, it, it's part of something I think is pretty interesting. Um, a lot of times patients who have atopic dermatitis will go on to have other issues with allergies, And asthma, like uh, food allergies, asthma, allergic rhinitis, as they go throughout their life, they'll struggle with this. And you probably knew people like this. Um, Whenever I think of it, I think of um, Jimmy Neutron. And I can't even remember the... uh, There was the three, and then there was the guy who was a little larger, and he was allergic to everything. And uh, he had itchy skin, and he was always blowing his nose and stuff like that. There's people who, you know, it's like, man, why do you have so many allergies? I feel sorry for you. And these all kind of go together. And they think that... Um, One of the more prominent theories is it has to do with elevated levels of IgE, immunoglobulin E, uh, which kind of um, uh, adds to all the other allergy issues that they'd have throughout their life.
0: Um, There also seems to be a genetic component as well. Um, For instance, there is certain loss of function mutations that can happen in what they call the filaggrin gene or the FLG. Um, it's That's directly involved with skin barrier function. Um, and it seems to be uh, this loss of function mutation seems to be a major risk factor for developing atopic dermatitis. Um, and there's others as well, but uh, there's definitely a genetic component. They've done studies where um, children with one atopic uh, parent will have a two to three fold increase of developing atopic dermatitis themselves. Um, and then if the, both parents have it, there seems to be a three to five um, time increase mm. of having atopic dermatitis. So definitely a genetic component as well.
1: It is pretty common overall. Oh, and his name was Carl, by the way, Jimmy Neutron Guy.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, uh, it is pretty Carl. common
1: overall, about 10 to 12% um, of children will have some sort of atopic dermatitis and around a little less than 1% of adults. Uh, But some other symptoms other than just itchy skin would be uh, xerosis, which is a dumb way of saying dry skin. Um, Lichenification, uh, kind of rubbery skin, which I feel like comes from itching, but I guess it can just arise from the disorder itself. Um, Eczematous lesions. um, Frequently, it's early onset of age i mentioned that it, it's chronic but a lot of times it relapses and then flares up uh, which we'll talk about that in the treatment so you'd want to use certain things during relapse to prevent a flare-up then use other things during the flare-up potentially uh, and yeah they're more prone to staph infections and that kind of uh, plays a role throughout the course of this disease as well
0: yeah Definitely can lead to some social insecurities as well, especially because this is very prevalent in children, um, and because it shows up on the skin. Kids, you know, I don't know if you were ever a, a kid uh, in high school or especially like in middle school, but kids can be ruthless, and uh, oh, really? it can lead to a lot of uh, a lot of problems with with anxiety and, and social discomfort with uh, with children that have problems with eczema, especially in areas that are very visible, um, they did a meta-analysis and um, came out this year in February, so last month, where they looked at um, basically 37 different observational studies and found that uh, children with eczema um, or atopic dermatitis um, have nearly twofold increased risk of depression and suicidal ideation, um, and same with adults as well, um, compared to individuals without the disease. So definitely uh, something to be kind of screening for. If, even if you're in a dermatology office, always make sure that you're giving the, the, the patients a PHQ-2 at least or a PHQ-9 um, or some other form of uh, deciding whether or not the person may have some symptoms of depression and kind of keeping that in the, the back of your mind because definitely seems to be correlated
1: yeah, unfortunately, I think sometimes I was that ruthless person. Were you? I like to think that I wasn't, but you, you seem know, like a bully. It ha- I know I'm I'm a bullyish kind of guy, aren't I?
0: What's ridiculous? is I was actually a big old dork in like middle school. <laughs> really? And yeah, so I'm more of the sarcastic to... bully now. And then that's yeah. why I
1: decided to beat people up for a living.
0: I like, guess yeah, yeah just total taking insecurity. On, taking like, on those bullies. Yeah, you're not gonna beat me up anymore.
1: No more wedgies. No more swirl. Do people do that anymore? Wedgies and swirlies.
0: Couldn't tell you. I don't think they do. You know, you never. I feel like nowadays you'd end up on CNN if you were doing that. You probably would.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Interesting.
0: Yeah, it's probably not a great. great idea if you're thinking about trying it. There's gonna
1: be a whole generation that has no idea what a swirly is. I never had one, so yeah. actually, I really don't know either. I have yeah. heard about them,
0: heard they are not super fun. Yeah, so. I don't
1: think so. Uh, but we talked a little bit about patho, so yeah, IGE elevation, prominent theory. Um, Uh, A common secondary theory is that there's a primary defect in uh, the epithelial barrier, uh, so that can lead to other secondary immunologic dysregulation uh, and inflammation causing the symptoms that you will inevitably, hopefully, treat.
0: So what do we do when a patient actually has a diagnosis of atopic dermatitis? You know, this is something that they're going to have to deal with in their life, so how do we kind of treat the symptoms, uh, prevent these flare-ups, if you will, and uh, you know, help them to live a somewhat normal life. And it's one of those things that there's several different approaches that we need to take to to care everything from using certain moisturizers to bathing practices uh, to actual medications to bring down any kind of uh, redness, swelling, itching uh, symptoms as they as that kind of breaks out.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and even certain clothing and certain diets can help prevent yep. or lessen a flare. And fortunately, this uh, a flare up does not usually require emergency therapy, though some patients may go to the emergency room in some uh, situations where they might have an infection or it's worse than a regular flare. Uh, But yeah, like Mike said, first line, you want to moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. So depending on the climate, uh, patients usually benefit from lukewarm baths. So like a five-minute lukewarm bath, um, followed by the application of a moisturizer, such as a white petrolatum. Uh, Aquaphor is pretty common. You've probably seen that around. Um, frequent baths with the addition of emulsifying oils uh, like one capful of that in the lukewarm bath for five to ten minutes that can help hydrate the skin Uh, apparently the oil keeps the water on the skin and prevents evaporation to the outside environment Um, this sounds like stuff that you would see on like a like a Neutrogena commercial or something but Apparently, if it helps with symptoms, it's all mainly a symptomatic disorder, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so just to kind of give a few, since you mentioned Neutrogena, let's give a few like name brands of um, common moisturizers or cleansers that are out there that um, either have clinical trials are, are recommended to be used in dermatology. And these are all going to be things that are, um, hyper hypoallergenic, um, and safe to use in dermatitis, but there's like Aquaphor is a big one. Um, the like Cole, I think mentioned earlier, um, Vana cream is another one that you'll see. Uh, Eucerin is one, um, Cetaphil, and there's a moisturizing cream and a skin cleanser that Cetaphil puts out. Um, there's a vino lotion. Um, and then Dove Bar Soap, um, Unscented, is another one that that uh, is available. And I think we – I believe we talked about this in the psoriasis podcast because I think that was the study was actually looking specifically at psoriasis. But they've actually done studies um, looking at like the – bars of soap compared to each other and that um i believe that the dove unscented one was one of them that they studied and um compared to like a regular just soap and um seemed to actually control the symptoms a little bit better for uh, someone with psoriasis so the i would imagine the same effects could be extrapolated to atopic dermatitis as far as the itchiness and whatnot
1: yeah mike can speak from experience he uses dove soap every night it's true (laughs)
0: Actually, I think I use
1: Dove for Men Body
0: Wash. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to ask your wife which one you use, and then we're going to call you <laughs> out on it for making fun of me. I,
1: I, I Dove for Men Body Wash and uh, Suave, or as my old roommate used to say, Suave for Men uh, shampoo. Heck, yeah. It's <laughs> the only way to roll. Um, yeah, and those are all over the counter, mm-hmm, right? Absolutely. Which is interesting because they can be dispensed as a prescription, but I get that question frequently, like what what kind of, you know, what what's the best lotion, and I'm... A lot of times I'm like, oh, if it says moisturizer, just just use it. Uh, but it, it kind of depends. So if it's this situation, ointments are actually going to be better. Ointments are more easily applied to wet skin, and you do want to apply it um, to at least damp skin to try to um, hold in that moisture. So yeah, if you if you think this is a atopic dermatitis picture, then recommend one of those brands specifically. Ointments um, help. Uh, and yeah, so th- there's an answer instead of just sending somebody down the whole aisle to pick out what looks pretty.
0: pick one. Yeah. It's got tons of allergens in it. It makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- um, there's also, we should probably mention too, um, this may seem a little obvious, but you would want to eliminate any kind of exacerbating factors. So looking for things that could be triggers for the, the breakouts, such as like heat, um, real low humidity, Um, if, uh, you know, a person has a skin infection, we would obviously want to treat that very quickly. Um, if the person is just having like out of control itching, you know, you can use oral antihistamines, um, stress and anxiety can also play a role. So things like uh, if the person is having multiple symptoms, you know, maybe you could use something like hydroxyzine to help with the anxiety as well as the control of itching. Um, so trying to find you know, the, the best way to, to curb as many of these, uh, Ex- uh, exacerbating factors as you can, definitely will help. Any kind of food allergens that may be a factor, I don't want to avoid those. Um but yeah, and then you know, making sure you're taking the proper precautions, like Cole said, with the moisturizers and uh, cleansers.
1: Yeah, Benadryl is also an option um, along with hydroxyzine as, as far as oral antihistamines. And they'll only help with the itching. They're not going to help with the rash or whatever um, dermatitis you have just with that symptom. And I was talking to a patient who has this the other day, and she was asking me if there's something better than than Benadryl. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if... You, I guess you could because she says it just puts her to sleep. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. I guess you could use a non-drowsy antihistamine. It seems like it would work, but I don't think it's really been looked into. I think it's mainly hydroxyzine and Benadryl. I don't know. Maybe somebody should look into it, Uh, but along with avoiding things that can cause the breakouts. So um, clothing, I think you mentioned clothing. Um, uh, Cotton is comfortable. It can be layered in the winter, uh, but wool products should probably be avoided. That can exacerbate uh, you want to wash your clothing in a mild detergent without any bleach and without any fabric softener um so you're usually looking at unscented um, uh, detergents there and a lot of times they'll they'll say something like mild or unscented or no no fabric i mean no um, um whatever the not flavor f- fragrance
0: no, no fragrance you you can drink, you can drink as flavor? much as you want you won't have any flavor
1: <laughs> tide pods well, i pods probably have a flavor don't eat those.
0: I hear Yeah, that's actually becoming
1: a, a big problem. Yeah, I think hopefully it's coming on, but um, cool temperatures. So that can matter. So if, if you argue with your wife over the uh, thermostat, but you have atopic dermatitis and you can say, hey, it needs to be on 68. I was talking to my brother. I think he keeps it on like 64.
0: Ooh, craziness. So we, we keep our house down like that too. Yeah, well, you have a huge dog. Yeah, I know. I think what he needs. That's my excuse. (laughs) Look how comfortable he is. (laughs) He's sleeping so well. He's laying on his back, (laughs) ginormous. Uh,
1: But yeah, cool temperatures at night because sweating can um, cause irritation and itching. Um, And uh, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think I saw that swimming uh, in pools is actually can be helpful because it can be somewhat soothing. So um, on a hot day. Sweating is no good, but if, if you're in the pool, then that's okay, and a lot of times you're dealing with babies that have this similar situation, so when I was talking about the baths, three times a day uh, is not a great burden for an infant because, you know, a lot of times they're at home, but for an adult, um, those lukewarm, quick baths, probably once to twice is, is probably all you'll be able to, to manage unless you just stay at home a lot.
0: Yep. So just to, I know we've kind of already beat this uh, topic up already, but um, there's a couple of the moisturizers that I've never, never really heard of, but um, I figured I'd share them with you just to, cause it's, they, they were looked at in this big meta-analysis that was conducted in 2017. Um, so this first agent, and this is the, they didn't give a specific brand. I'm sure it wouldn't be, it would take a Google search to find out and. So I'll do that later, but um, they found that uh, the moisturizers that contained, I'm going to butcher this, glycerhetinic acid, which is a, a natural anti-inflammatory agent, were four times more likely than uh, like a placebo vehicle um, uh, in reducing en- uh, enzuma, uh, eczema severity. Um, they also looked at urea, which you know we've seen, they don't say which percentage they were using, but... Um, that uh, seemed to be much better than the control cream as well. And then um, moisturizers that contained glycerol versus control. Um, Patients in the glycerol group experienced significant skin improvement, um, both when evaluated by the physician and the patient themselves. So a couple of other things to throw in there just in case you're really trying to get sharp on your moisturizing skills.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing to be sharp on. Yeah. Um, yeah, along with that, we mentioned foods. And um, so these patients are going to be at a higher risk for acute allergic reactions like hives and even anaphylaxis. So you want to be careful if you're introducing them to maybe a new food. If they're young, you're introducing them to a new food um, that's known for that, like peanuts, eggs, seafood, milks, um, other chocolates. Uh, I had a patient that had a, a anaphylactic milk allergy one time. So I was having mm. to um, check and basically see look at the ingredients and see if there was any lactose or lactulose or anything like that in any medication we were giving. And it turns out that's in like everything. Um, so yeah, be aware of that. And uh, interestingly, if you're going to eat maybe a, um, a uh, mildly caustic food, like a tomato, an orange, um, those citrusy foods, you, and it causes your mouth to break out, you could uh, put some petroleum jelly kind of as a barrier around your mouth, around your lips, as you eat the food and enjoy wonderful um, tomatoes and oranges.
0: There you go. (laughs)
1: That's just a, that's a, that was actually a recommendation that I read. It's
0: It's interesting. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, let's, let's kind of get into the actual medication wise, uh, you know, treatment options. And um, the first one that obviously we would think about is our topical steroids, Mm -hmm. our corticosteroids. Um, So it really Because there's so many in the market um, and they're kind of uh, grouped based on their potency, it's one of the few times I think that we actually use the word potency when we're talking about different classes of medications. And so, um, corticosteroids, it goes all the way from low potency all the way to super high, um, and you know, everything in between. So there's, um, depending on how severe the patient's uh, dermatitis is, so if it's mild, you can get away with, you know, one of the lower potency steroids. Um, and then all the way, obviously if it's a severe, um, outbreak, then they probably want to use more of a high potency steroid, um. There's uh, to kind of think through like the, the different ones to give you some examples, um, a something considered like super high potency would be like 0.05% betamethasone dipropionate. Um, that uh, comes as ointment, gels, lotions. Um, diproline is the brand name and that would definitely be one. Um, there's also clobetazole. Uh The 0.05% is also a super uh, high potency group 1 steroid. And then they kind of just go down from there. So, um, to give you an example of like a medium, you know, mid-range, um, usually thinking like triamcinolone, like zero point one percent, mometasone, something like that. Mm,
1: and you'll probably see kinolog. That's triamcinolone, pretty common. Yeah.
0: Um, lower to, to to lower to mid potency, um, maybe like a, a flucinolone acetate. Acetide. Um, there's also um, you know, continuing to go lower the, the basically the least potent we would have our over-the-counter hydrocortisone, like our 1% or
1: 0.5%. Which a lot of times that is where you start If um, you know they're new to this and you, this is the initial therapy with a topical steroid, which usually first off, like we said you're doing moisturizers, but you're also doing steroids at the same time. So you would start with a hydrocortisone, preferably ointment, um, and you can apply it two times daily to the lesions um, on the face and in the folds. Yes, That's what it says,
0: and uh, you know they do make a hydrocortisone 2.5%, which is a little bit higher potency. Um, not a high, but higher than the lowest one in the on the totem pole. Yeah, I
1: think the max OTC is the one, is one. 1%. Yeah, so
0: if you're in a, like a clinic situation, obviously, if you want to go hydrocortisone, make sure you write a prescription for 2.5% to get them um, the higher strength. But yeah, over the counter options like that just one percent available. Um, patients with um, moderate to severe s- disease that probably need to start with uh, a more potent, um, corticosteroid like triamcinolone, at least maybe even beta Um, if you are going to do this, the high potency steroids, though, two to four weeks is typically your, your cutoff period. Um, because after that you can start increasing the, uh, skin irritation. And even there's a, there's a risk for atrophy with the mm. higher the potency for the longer the use, um, Skin can actually start to atrophy, and so areas of the body that already have very thin skin, uh, that poses a problem.
1: Especially when it's a growing child. Um, You've probably seen stretch marks, especially in somebody who um, had their growth spurt maybe late or just had it really fast. Uh, If their skin is thin and they're still growing, then a lot of times they'll have stretch marks that almost look like scars. Um, and that can last throughout their life. So you want to be aware of that. So it's really a lot of times, especially when they're having a flare, so you want to apply it just to the lesions. This isn't like a whole body situation. Um, And then if the lesions disappear, you can hold the steroids, keep going on the moisturizers, uh, and then resume the steroids if the patches or lesions reappear for a flare.
0: Um, And they've also noted in certain, like, there's a meta-analysis that came out looking at the effectiveness and different adverse effects. And when they saw that, when, and this is especially uh, the case when you're using high or super high potency steroids in on large body areas, so like the whole torso, the legs, things like that, um, you can actually run the risk of getting enough systemic absorption to where you can have some adrenal suppression. So almost mm. like a, a Cushing syndrome type situation. That's a lot of
1: top That's of, a the lot steroids. of steroid. Um, and frequently you'll see to avoid certain areas like the eyes, the mouth genitals, that sort of thing. There was a, a big study in the Netherlands that uh, looked at the use of topical corticosteroids around the eyelids and the periorbital regions, and they determined it was actually safe with respect to inducing glaucoma or cataracts. Um, so hopefully uh, that's safe, but I would still, you know, if you don't have to put it in those areas, just avoid it and wash your hands after, after applying. So that's steroids. That is steroids. So those are the two, two most common ones. Um, before we get into these next ones, it's probably going to need to be a pretty severe case um, that's causing the patient a lot of issues.
0: Yeah. Right? And so another option that you can go with is the topical um, calcineurin inhibitors, which we have two of them on the market right now. The, um, the cheapest option being tacrolimus protopic. Um, the uh, second one is the elidel cream. I think Eldil still brand name only. Um, yes, as far as I know. But uh, those are two that. I think. I feel like I've
1: seen that. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's brand. You're right. It's brand.
0: Okay. Still. So, um, those are going to be a non steroidal immunomodulating agent. Um, so, they're not going to cause the same uh, risks for skin atrophy. Um, and they can be be used as an alternative. So, um, the good thing is, is you can use these on the face, the eyelids, the neck, skin folds um, without worrying about the same adverse effects as, as steroids um still applied twice a day just like steroids um and the tecrolimus is actually coming down in price now that's generic and uh not too terrible Elidel was still pretty outrageous at one point but um is not too bad
1: yeah and these are great um they compared them to placebo and hydrocortisone one and they were better uh but like mike said little absorption occurs so uh other side effects from oral calcinarian inhibitors you're not really concerned about with these which is great Uh, you can have some topical side effects so a stinging sensation is pretty common following initial application Uh, it can be minimized by applying to dry skin um, and not so much to wet skin so this is a little different than those moisturizers but usually the burning will disappear in about two to three days and um It'll be better after, after that. The, the tacrolimus comes in two strengths, the 0.1%, which is usually for adults, and 0.03% for children, um, though it is frequently, the 0.1% is frequently used in children as well. Uh, but that's, I think, what they're technically supposed to be used for.
0: And they, um, they, they compared it, to, like Cole said, to hydrocortisone. it was actually um, a little bit better. They've, they've also com- you know compared it to things like triamcinolone, and so um, it was seen to be about as good as that and so when we're thinking about these think about them as having efficacy around the mid-range uh, corticosteroids because they, they looked at it against beta which is one of our more potent steroids and uh, it was less effective so Not good um, to know you know, it's one of those things that you got to have to put it in perspective compared to the steroids, but um, definitely a very good option. And I've seen patients that um, really have severe eczema on the face and, and um, sensitive areas where this is a much better option for them than the steroid because it just keeps coming back and they keep having to use something. So, yeah, um, did you mention already the black box warning on these? No, I
1: was about to, but you oh, go, go, you go ahead. Nope, it's all you. Fun. I know how much you love black box warnings. Yeah.
0: So, um, there is a black box warning on there about a possible link to cancers, um, in particular, lymphoma and skin cancer. So, um, I don't have the exact statistics as far as what got that uh, black box warning put on there, but it's rare and, you know, something that probably isn't a huge concern if, if the benefits are going to outweigh that risk enough, but uh, definitely a conversation that you need to have with the patient. Yeah, the patient sure needs to be aware. aware,
1: and that's why it's important just to use it in the people who are indicated. So that would be uh, uh, for for pemicrolimus, it would be mild um, atopic dermatitis in patients older than two years, and then in, with tacrolimus, more of a moderate to severe picture also, patients older than two years. So under two, we're avoiding these. And after you've tried the first line, steroids. That's usually when you'd want to go to these.
0: Yeah. And they, they haven't officially uh, defined this causal causal relationship. Um, I just saw that, found the data now where um, it was basically case reports from 2004 to 2009. Um, they received 46 new cancer cases among children 0 to 16 years old um, who had used one of these two agents um they had 30 lymphomas leukemias they had eight different types of skin cancers um, or eight skin cancers rather that were reported and then eight other cancers so um that's kind of where that black box warning comes from i so how many not that either. was
1: 46 out of what you know
0: yeah it I, it's like probably a lot yeah but nah it doesn't matter
1: versus <laughs> the regular you know versus the lay public who you know you could you could argue that atopic dermat i would like to see it you could argue that the atopic dermatitis picture might put them at increased risk for cancer i'd be interested to see um what it is compared to patients who have that and who did not use the calcineurin inhibitors but
0: and there's there's something called the pediatric eczema elective registry the peer um, which is an industry-sponsored ongoing cohort that uh, they're using to study this post-marketing so um, check them out if you have a uh, case that you find out about go ahead and send it in to be reported
1: Call them out, record Call them out. Yep. So those are the calcineurin inhibitors. There are other things um, such as with so many other conditions, we have monoclonal antibodies we can use. Uh, So Dupalum, man, I said it it right in my head earlier. That was good. Uh, But it starts with a D and it ends with a MAB. Uh, It's monoclonal antibody and it inhibits IL-4 and IL-13 signaling. Uh, by blocking the IL-4RA, and uh, it's demonstrated efficacy in some Phase 2 clinical trials. It was approved pretty recently in 2017. Uh, The trials were the Solo 1 and Solo 2 trials, Um, and it's actually a subcutaneous injection. It's administered every two weeks. Um, Dupilumab, I said it. There you go. Crushed it. That's all I needed to do for today.
0: Dupilumab. I'm out. There you go. You did great, Cole. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, there is also uh, Eucrisa, which I'm sure you've seen the commercials for. They do a pretty good job about advertising. Um, but it is Eucrisa. um borol is a boron-based small molecule phosphodiesterase-4 inhibitor. Sounds um, familiar. Yeah. So um, you may uh, also know that the phosphodiesterase-4 inhibitor, like um, Otesla, is the oral agent they use in psoriasis, um, I've heard of some dermatologists using that even like very off t- like off label for eczema as well, um, without too much success. But I yeah, have heard we, about
1: it. We can recycle this joke from the psoriasis episode. It's not a PDE five inhibitor.
0: Uh, get it? Because PDE fives are used for something different. They are. <laughs> Good job, Mike. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Anyways, um, the uh, the Euchrysis is out there as well. Um, you know, as far as its efficacy, it's kind of uh, expensive. Or, it's expensive <laughs> for what you get, mm-hmm. um, and you know the, a lot of the, the the studies that were done. You know, they used a scoring assessment to kind of show that it was um, effective. But um, from what I've heard, certain dermatologists kind of complaining that it's not for the price. It's not all that effective.
1: Well, they got a pretty good advertising campaign because literally on this web page, I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten, ten, ten Ucrissa banner ads in my face. And it says, choose steroid-free Ucrissa. Mm. So it's not a steroid.
0: It's not. Of course it is it's not, banner ad.
1: and they want you to know it.
0: How many times have you clicked a banner ad in the last five years?
1: <laughs> I know. you noticed it if we haven't been talking about it?
0: Uh, it's sad. Still using the wrong kind of advertising. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, they're on TV, too. Yeah, that's even worse.
1: Whether or not that's good advertising, exactly.
0: Yeah, you know us, you know, us 2019 people, we like our commercials. <laughs> Oh wait, I can fast forward through all the commercials. Oh shoot, <laughs> terrible. Anyways, well we're starting we're starting our uh, marketing podcast <laughs> yeah. very soon.
1: Podcast is is where it's at. That's where you want to advertise. <laughs> hint hint.
0: Yeah, get it, guys. <laughs> wink wink. Yeah, probably not. Not like not, not ours. Obviously, a good podcast.
1: Um. All right yeah complications we talked about them uh, a little bit super potent steroids skin thinning Uh, you can have tachyphylaxis so um, big word for more or less a tolerance to topical steroids as well Um, so a lot of times you'd want to use them on a more of a stop start basis like we said that's just another reason for it and then infections yeah staph infections specifically uh, and super infection staph infections which I feel like is just another word for opportunistic infections but um, I like super infection yeah it, those, that's cool those are the best kind of infections they wear capes
0: yeah something
1: like that uh, but treat them like you would a regular staph infection you got options like um, what Bactrim
0: yeah well if, if you're going to be outpatient Bactrim Doxy Clinda yeah. inpatient Vanco Linazolid anything covers MRSA if you concerned. Um, so yeah, so, you know, there's other things we can do too is, you know, as far as a maintenance and prevention of relapses, there's been a few different, um, dosing strategies that have been looked at. Um, one in particular, there was a meta-analysis that looked at four different studies, um, looking at topical fluticasone propionate. Uh, they used it once daily for two consecutive days per week for 16 weeks. Um, and it reduced the risk of subsequent flare by about 54%. Um, no serious adverse effects were reported, um, during that study. So, um, there's a few other ones like that as well. Um, they've did for once daily for two to three days per week for 10 to 12 months, reduced the flares by 22%. Um, so there's definitely some interesting, uh, interesting ways of, of hopefully preventing one of these relapses and flare-ups. But, um, you know, if you see, for pharmacists out there, if you see a prescription for something kind of odd like that, um, that might be what they're what they're treating or preventing from happening.
1: Yeah, and prescribers out there, if you want to do something that would be unusual, then
0: do that. Yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> Speaking of fluticasone, did we talk about Advair going generic? Mm-hmm. We did, and we talked about Proair and vinylin.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, never mind. Yeah, two episodes ago, because I made, and then I talked about the joke that Richard posted about it on Instagram. What was the joke? Like some picture of the guy seeing it, pretending like it was like a somebody walking, like a, you guys like cat calling a female, uh-huh. like walking by, and there's supposed oh, to be oh, there. Yeah. And the, the prior authorizations were like pushing the guy back, like no chance. How quickly we forget. Well, you forget. <laughs> my <laughs> you, memory you
1: is actually very solid. Mike remembers his jokes. He do not remember anything I say, but if I he know. makes
0: a good joke, he remembers Oh, them. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's also uh, phototherapy as well oh, where yeah. they use ultraviolet light, um, and, uh, can in broadband UV light, there's several different ways of doing it, but, um, that has also shown to be, um, effective in controlling the, the disease as well.
1: And if you have patients who, uh, like the more natural path, like oil of evening primrose, <laughs> um, man, do I, it was previously believed to be effective, but, uh, randomized control some rcs's um didn't show any benefit in children and little improvement adults so probably not the best yeah probably rather just do some otc hydrocortisone if you want to stay otc
0: i agree um let's, there's also a couple uh new studies that, that came out recently there was one in january this year uh, where they looked at melatonin mm. um to help you know, which is usually used for regulating sleep and circadian rhythms. Which, um, I've, I've seen several recent studies that say that that's complete nonsense, it's complete placebo effect when you take it like that. Got but a
1: prescription today for melatonin, three milligrams, three times
0: a day. Oh, interesting.
1: Or, no, sorry, three at bedtime, so nine megs.
0: Well, it well, makes more sense, <laughs> yeah, it looks makes a little more sense, but still we bo- talking about? a whole bunch,
1: <laughs> a whole bunch. <laughs>
0: um, but it does apparently have some antioxidant, anti inflammatory properties as well. And so they did a study, um, again, January, 2019, where they randomized 70 different children that had atopic dermatitis, um, and gave them melatonin six milligrams an hour before bed for six weeks. Um, and they were allowed to continue their usual treatment with topical steroids or emollients or whatever it was. Um, children with the melatonin group had a greater improvement in the total scoring atopic dermatitis score, um, SCORAD um, from baseline and uh, total children's sleep habits questionnaire score also was improved, but um, not in the PARITIS score. Uh, treatment was well tolerated, no adverse effects reported. Um, however, as atopic dermatitis is a chronic disease, obviously requiring further studies would be needed, is what they kind of concluded on up to date. Um, you know, this, the safety data is pretty solid on melatonin probably not going to cause any problems but um yeah it's, at least they're they're looking at it for this i it's one of those things i i don't know that it would help much and it's a super small study and there's a lot more information we would need but uh, it's probably not going to hurt anything so
1: it's interesting especially for people i mean i know people who tried a whole bunch of stuff and they don't like taking meds and or other, the the meds they've been taking haven't been working that great
0: so who knows it's worth a shot i guess yeah um i've heard some people say uh probiotics Yes, be I read about that too. So in December 2018, there was a study published, a big meta-analysis that had 39 different studies. Um, they looked at patients with mild all the way to severe, um, and then they were basically looking at the ones that had been given lactobacillus or um, bifidobacterium species and uh, or placebo and kind of looked at the severity of atopic dermatitis, sleep loss, quality of life, um, Prior to all that, um, there was a modest reduction of uncertain clinical significance, is how it was labeled, <laughs> um, for the uh, scoring atopic at dermatitis score um, in patients that were taking the probiotics. But uh, they basically concluded by the end of the study that it is not effective.
1: Hmm. There you go.
0: December two thousand eighteen.
1: Don't waste your money. They seem to be just the wonder drug these days because everybody's everybody's like, well, you know, gut bacteria just is involved in everything, but. I don't know. No. I don't, we're waiting and seeing.
0: And while we're at it, Montelukast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it all. Let's do it all. I was going to go through all these studies since there was like four other ones that have been updated recently. Um, basically, long story short, November 2018, uh, another big meta-analysis, looked at five different studies, um, concluded that Montelukast did not decrease symptoms or, or decreased parietas, any of that. So, mm. not effective.
1: That's unfortunate because these patients almost always put on it because they frequently have the asthma allergy picture mm-hmm. and you know that's that's like oh here we go singular yeah. bang asthma allergy hmm. yeah i so wish it would help not yeah, well motion's not gonna do anything is a <laughs> mission yeah,
0: is not science so let's <laughs> go on from there i'm just kidding so uh yeah i think uh definitely right there's gonna be patients that are taking it but it's not really gonna necessarily help with their atopic dermatitis specifically no. Well, yeah, that's uh, the, the newest and latest news that have come out in these big meta-analyses.
1: Heard it here first, folks.
0: Yeah, unless you read other stuff like Up to Date. <laughs> unless you you're up to date on your
1: information <laughs> and you didn't hear it here first. Then
0: you already know what we're talking about. What else? What else did we miss? Anything? That's all I got.
1: I didn't think we were going to be able to go that long on this one. Phew. We did good crushed it. Yeah. It's called <laughs> preparation. Yeah. Well, something like that. Mike may or may not be teaching on this tomorrow. So hopefully he's I am.
0: I actually this is my preparation right here.
1: There we go. And it's done. Students, uh, I'm gonna peace out tomorrow. Just listen to our podcast.
0: Yeah. Good. <laughs> just <laughs> and play. Yeah.
1: This <laughs> cool. is a little short today. That's only gonna be like forty five minutes. You just need to um you just need to get like a, a, a fat head of mm-hmm. yourself and like post it on the wall mm. and then put a, a monitor right where your face is. Mm-hmm. And then play the like the 360 video.
0: They'll literally never.
1: They would never know the difference. Never. Yeah, just give it some big muscles and a beard, wow. and then you're good to go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a solid move. Don't even need to teach. Solid move. There's S- no way that could backfire on me. Sleeping in tomorrow. No, actually, I'm me. And my students here at 6 a.m. What? It's nonsense, right? Why? Well, because a lot of them said they wanted extra help outside of class, and so I was like, all right, let's see whose game 6 a.m. Bunch of them said they would show up, so we'll see. Mike Corvino goes the extra mile. It's not that I just want to see what people are made of. <laughs> yeah, just,
1: just testing them.
0: Just really want to see what people are made of. And if I and th- see you if know, they
1: got the sauce, they
0: they stand up and get there. I'm like, all right, these people are a game. They want to learn. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pants time for them soon, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, that's the first class I taught. This is all brand uh, okay. new PA students. Has
1: your has your first class taken the pants yet? Mm-mm. Okay. Huh. Nope. Interesting.
0: Hopefully yeah. it goes well. Stay tuned. If they all fail, it was my fault. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> we'll blame ClinMed or something else. Yeah. <laughs> I was never there. But, yeah. Anyways, now that I've given you some insight in how I teach, and <laughs> y'all are very concerned. <laughs> <to serve laughs> concerned. <for these> patients. <laughs> I mean, these these people. These poor students. These students. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we are uh, going to wrap it up today, but we will definitely be continuing on in, uh, with our random topic series of, <laughs> of podcasts. <laughs> episode 59. And uh, we, I've actually, we've thought, I haven't told Cole this, so I'm surprising him now, but I've actually thought about doing like an MTM episode for community pharmacists. since cool. both of us have some experience with that. Let's and so I have a couple community pharmacists on social media that are uh, gauging different um, forums and things like that that from different community pharmacy uh, groups on Facebook and, and getting us ideas. So cool. I think we're gonna be doing an MTM here pretty soon.
1: Awesome. Yeah they're not scary guys. They're really not. It's not bad at all. You know what to talk about. You just talk to the people. Sometimes heard, they they ask why you're calling because they haven't used your pharmacy in three years but it's okay. Yeah
0: oh yeah. well. We're still, we're still-
1: Sometimes they think that you're a scam artist trying to get information from them. My first call on Mike's rotation the poor lady thought that.
0: Yes. Didn't I call. warn you about that, or were you the case study that I used to warn people? I think that
1: well, it had happened before, but after it happened, you you mentioned it. Yeah. She she really thought that I was um, was trying to steal her information. She was very upset. She did not believe that I was I was this was person te- calling, calling from this te- place. She
0: was testing you. She was <laughs> like, "What's my doctor's address?" Yeah. Yes.
1: And and I didn't have the computer up in front of me, so I'm hollering at you. I'm like, "Mike, who's her doctor?" <laughs> and she did not believe me. But then once I said who her doctor was, she was like, "Oh, okay.
0: Well, yeah, here's all my information." Yeah funny yeah it was good good times yeah i forgot about all that Mm -hmm. cole also set the record for uh i told him that like i guess he started rotation like on a thursday so we had two days left in the you know quote-unquote week and uh yeah i think the record at that time because we were in a really busy store so we didn't get that much time to do uh mtms and things like that but the record i think was like it was something like 900 dollars or something for Mm -hmm. that for the week for Mm -hmm. my from student claims and um they uh, had, I told him I was like hey man you know you're not going to beat that obviously this week but you know next week I think you guys will you guys definitely have a shot and him and the other student on rotation, Stacy, they disappeared for 15 hours straight. Didn't hear from him. Came back later at 10 o'clock at night. Cole walks back to the pharmacy. Hadn't taken a break all day. And he was like, all right, 1,258, whatever the heck it was. Well, we said
1: challenge accepted, <laughs> so I'm calling people up at 930 at night for dance. It was hilarious. Why I was are like, you waking oh, my gosh.
0: I want to talk about your drugs. Wake up. We have to talk right <laughs> now. We've got important things to do. So in one day, he crushed either the last record that was all week. No, so fun. It was brutal. And I was like, right then and there, Core RX podcast <laughs> yeah, was born.
1: That's, that's the inception. Yeah. You heard it here first.
0: Boom. Coming of age tale. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you like the podcast, please uh, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a rating on Facebook that helps us, or not Facebook, rather, iTunes uh, or any of the other podcast platforms you may listen to. Helps us out a lot, especially those jokers that leave one star ratings. Ooh, Mike's going to talk <laughs> those, about it. Those sting. every single time. <laughs> Come on, guys. We need your help. I <laughs> got people that are targeting us with one star. You can't even give us two stars, really. <laughs> well, it's just that one person. No, yeah, there's another one. No, yeah, this past week someone was no like, I hate way. this so much. <laughs> I'm giving it one star. I'm gonna take the time to find out where I need to rate it and give it one well, star. Well, it's
1: it's probably there's probably people who just go around to every podcast and just do one. They're just that type of person, you know. That's their personality. They're just gonna one star every single podcast, just despite the world.
0: Maybe I don't know. Either that or our podcast is terrible. It's yeah, one it, could of be, two. it
1: very well could be that.
0: It might be that. So if you guys do on the off chance you guys actually like it, make sure <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you leave us a rating. It helps us out a lot, and um, we will definitely. Uh try our best to answer any questions, emails, anything like that that we get. And if, we don't, if you don't hear back from us soon after you write an email, give us a little bit. We try to go back and reach out to everybody, but sometimes we get a little backed up. So uh, we will definitely do our best to reach out to you all. Thank you guys so much for the emails we have gotten, the comments, you know, suggestions have all been super great. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate you listening. So we will catch you next time. Y'all take it easy.